0: what is up everybody you're listening in to the never skip egg day podcast this week's episode we continue our discussions on fad diets and eating lifestyles and focus on the mediterranean diet and what that is i'll also share a recipe that is mediterranean diet friendly and one of my go-to added protein recipes so stay tuned What is up, everybody? You're listening in to the Never Skip Egg Day podcast with Brian Castillo. As I mentioned in the intro, we'll be continuing our Fad Diets and Eating Lifestyles series. So, if this is your first time listening in, welcome in. Uh, so far, we have gone over intermittent fasting, the keto diet was last week's episode, Whole 30, and Paleo. Uh, so, this is probably the most popular that's recommended by Uh, doctors and things of that nature in the last couple of years and it's called the Mediterranean diet. Uh, So if you're new to the podcast, we started off the first few episodes just talking about uh, what the podcast is all about and talking about uh, back to basics. So your basal metabolic rate, a caloric deficit versus a surplus versus a maintenance, uh, the holy trinity of macronutrition, so proteins, carbohydrates, fats, uh, and what all that entails, uh, weighing out your food, portion sizes, basically how to maximize your body performance and talking about those building blocks and those fundamentals uh, and meal prepping. And so this, this podcast is all about uh, food because I'm, I'm a foodie. Uh, so food and fitness, and I'm, I'm also a big fitness nut. I've kept uh, you know 70 plus pounds off for the last uh, decade and i've done it by doing these things and really building upon my relationship with food so i figured we'd talk about some of the more popular eating styles and fad diets that are out there and you know get some of the key takeaways and what might be right for you so i think we'll do the mediterranean diet this week i've talked about kind of the food pyramid which has shifted to kind of the my plate uh which is recommended by the usda For Americans and things of that nature. And then we'll just do kind of a recap of all of these fad diets, eating lifestyles, uh, how they overlap with one another. And, you know, what are the big takeaways from all of this and how you can apply uh, the benefits to your lifestyle and things of that nature. So uh, like I said, this week will be all about the Mediterranean diet. So what is it? Uh, Basically, the Mediterranean diet is a diet that consists of consuming traditional foods that used to be or historically have been consumed uh, in countries uh, that border the Mediterranean Sea. So think of uh, Spain, Greece, Italy, and France. Uh, Why did this come to be? Well, uh, researchers had found that people in these areas were exceptionally healthy Uh, and had a low risk of many of the chronic conditions that we've gone over uh, that these diets can help alleviate or mitigate in some cases. Uh, This one's a little bit different. So like, you know, when we talked about Whole30 and and paleo uh, in particular, uh, there were restrictions and strict guidelines and limitations on what you can consume within your diet. Uh, This diet doesn't really have those. It just encourages eating certain foods over others. Uh, So, you know, obviously the usual suspects, it encourages you to eat a lot of fruits, vegetables, whole grains. Uh, The difference with this one between some of the other diets we've talked about, like keto and Whole30 and paleo, is uh, it encourages eating legumes. Uh, All nuts and seeds are uh, on the table. And just like keto, uh, heart healthy fats are highly encouraged on here. And then the usual suspects for uh, avoidance, if you will, or cutting out of your diet are going to be your heavily processed foods, uh, your added sugars, and your fine grains. Uh, obviously, it recommends that you should uh, alleviate those. So you might be thinking, well, what are some of the proposed benefits of this diet? Again, our usual suspects, like all of the other fad diets and life, eating lifestyles we've talked about, is going to be uh, it has the ability pr- to promote weight loss uh, prevent heart attacks, slash heart disease, uh, strokes, type two diabetes, and just you know, basically give you a uh, higher probability of a longer and healthier life. Uh, so you know, to recap on promotion or uh, some of the potential benefits, uh, so promotion of heart health by eating healthy fats and whole foods, uh, supporting healthy blood sugar levels, which ties back to diabetes, uh, healthy brain function because. Uh, healthy fats are associated with brain function, uh, nuts like walnuts in particular and things of that nature, which it highly encourages you to eat those uh, on this diet. And again, it's not restrictive, but the basic guidelines with it would be to, uh, again, eat lots of vegetables, fruits, nuts, seeds, legumes, potatoes, whole grains, uh, herbs, spices, Uh, fish, a lot of seafood and, uh, you know, healthy olive oils when you're cooking. Why? Because again, these are all the foods that have been historically available to those Mediterranean bordering countries like Greece and Italy, things of that nature. You can imagine uh, thinking of the types of food available and you would imagine that seafood is a staple of the diet. So I would say that is like your primary protein source on this diet. Oddly enough, uh, to eat in moderation, it kind of focuses on dairy a little bit uh, with, in particular, they mentioned yogurt and cheese, uh, and then they also men- mentioned uh, eggs and poultry to eat in moderation. So I think that has more to do with the availability of those things in those areas. Uh, also, you know, eggs get a bad rap. We've talked about with cholesterol and things like that, but that's been debunked over the years, or I guess it's gone back and forth over the years. Uh, with the the benefits or the potential risks with cholesterol with that, uh, with eggs. And then uh, as a rarity, it says to eat rarely, uh, red meat, uh, obviously sugar, sweetened beverages like soda, added sugars, processed meats, uh, refined grains, refined oils, and heavily processed foods. So the same things and same concepts that we've been going over primarily. Uh, Just the difference here is the focus on the regionality of it. So you can imagine in the the Mediterranean area, uh, especially being by the sea, the sea is especially historically going to be the most bountiful for providing food for for these people in the region. Uh, And when we think of uh, Mediterranean vegetables, you might be thinking of cucumber and tomatoes and Uh, spinach and and onions and things of that nature that you can grow but all of your usual suspects uh, broccoli kale spinach like there's no vegetable restrictions here Uh, even your starchy vegetables are okay with potatoes and things like that as you can imagine in Spain like patatas bravas which is a popular Spanish dish and tapas uh, or like your Greek roasted potatoes or something like that so Uh, you can imagine that those would have been consumed by those folks and then uh, no restrictions on fruits. Obviously, a lot of grapes would have been in the region. Uh, Figs are big in Italian cooking and things like that. Uh, Oranges, bananas, everything's on the table. Uh, Heavily encourages healthy fats, primarily uh, from fish and seafood and then uh, nuts and seeds. So uh, almonds, walnuts... Uh, macadamia nuts, cashews, uh, all are on the table. Uh, fish, like I've said several times in the region, in particular like a fatty fish with lots of omega3s like a salmon, uh, or even like your canned fishes, your your sardines, things of that nature, but uh, everything shellfish, oysters, clams, crabs, mussels uh, eat as much and as as possible basically on the Mediterranean diet. Uh, and then it, even though it says to limit uh, red meat, you can imagine like lamb would have been popular or goat uh, in that area. And then obviously your poultries, like your chicken, your duck, your turkeys, uh, you know, the herbs and spices that would be associated with kind of Mediterranean would be your rosemaries, your sage, uh, your dill, your mint, basil. Right. When you think of like Italian and Greek cuisine. And then you can't have either of those cuisines without your healthy fats with a a hefty amount of uh, extra virgin olive oil, uh, olives in general as a healthy source of fat, Um, you know, a lot seen a lot in Spanish and Italian cuisine, uh, as well as Greek cuisine too. Uh, And then, you know, avocados. So when we think of healthy fats and then, uh, you know. Added sugars, highly processed meats, uh, processed meats. You know, you obviously see uh, kind of the charcuterie board and the tapas uh, evolution of Spain. So it would, you know, if you were doing the Mediterranean diet, it's uh, not saying to you know go out eat, go out and eat a ton of uh, salami and pepperoni uh, or cured meats and things of that nature. You know, limit those, limit deli meats things like that. And especially if you're looking at uh, sodium or looking for heart health benefits, obviously that goes without saying, you would need to monitor your intake of those types of foods. Uh, And then, you know, highly processed foods, you can imagine, especially when we look at, you know, tying it back to like paleo, there wasn't really processed foods of that nature. And when we say highly processed, uh, we're talking about, you know, like your, your TV dinners, your fast foods, uh, you know, super convenient meals, uh, maybe like a a granola bar or something like that. That's just high in sugar and filled with corn syrup. Like you want to avoid those things. Uh, but, you know, as I've mentioned before, as we've been talking about fad diets and eating lifestyles, processed foods in general is kind of subjective because technically something like a uh, milk is a processed food. Even if it's a non-dairy milk, it goes through a heavy amount of processing, but it's not in that classif- classification, if you will, of highly processed, so just keep that in mind. Uh, oats falls into that category as well. Uh, like every other diet uh, and eating lifestyle that we've talked about, you, know, you wanna limit alcohol given the uh, sugar levels and the empty calories that are typically in alcohol. Although uh, wines and things of that nature are obviously associated with that Mediterranean lifestyle. So you could have wine in moderation and then obviously primarily stick to your waters, your teas, your coffees without a lot of sweetener and things of that nature. Right. Uh, So basically, that's that's it. It's very simple. Uh, Obviously, you could find a ton of recipes and things like that online. Uh, it As you can imagine, it'd be easy to meal prep with something like this. I will say this isn't one I've tried to focus on specifically, but I am a huge fan of Mediterranean food, uh, both the healthy and the quote unquote, uh, unhealthier options. So it was appealing uh, when it was recommended to me by my doctor. It's kind of just one of those things that's recommended. Uh, as you can imagine, it's not that hard to eat uh kind of this diet and still have a social life and stuff like how we talked about it it might be difficult to do so on whole 30 or even paleo with some of the restrictions because you can cater this you know basically sticking to whole foods again it's the same concepts but this one's not as restrictive it's just uh you know kind of focused on the region and eating foods that would have been available to the region uh or that are common uh in the region if you will So again, this one, you can eat whole grains, you can eat legumes, tons of seafood, lots of nuts, fruits, veggies, uh, and then, you know, just says to limit red meat and things of that nature, which is what would be promoted in probably most diets today. Uh, As you can imagine in the Mediterranean, though, especially being the foodie that I am, even going from various cities in uh, just one of those countries, like Italy or Spain, whether they're on the coastline or more inland, uh, it can be like entering a whole new world. So it's hard to really just like broadly say Mediterranean. So when you think of, again, Mediterranean diet, just think of eating whole foods, lots of healthy fats, uh, lots of seafood, and then just lots of fruits and veggies and don't eat highly processed foods. That's how I would sum it up. Uh, unfortunately for me growing up in the desert, and I'll just use that as an excuse, but I, I have given seafood. Uh, I'll, I'll try several times. Uh, usually when I travel somewhere where you can get fresh seafood, I'm, you know I talk myself into it like I got to try it. I am just not a fan of seafood. So this diet probably isn't right for me and it probably wouldn't be right for you if you're not a fan of seafood. Now, That doesn't mean you couldn't do the Mediterranean diet. You just wouldn't be following it religiously to the T uh, if you did so. Uh, So, you know, you could still stick to lots of fruits, lots of veggies, whole grains, uh, limit your dairy intake. uh, And then, uh, you know, obviously it would suggest to limit poultry and things like that. But, you know, if you're eating lean proteins, there's nothing wrong with that. We, you know, you could talk about the health benefits and, even though I am someone who has consciously made an effort to limit my red meat intake, maybe we'll do an episode on that. Beef really gets a bad rap, uh, especially with the climate change craziness that's been going on uh, over the last several years, especially the last year where it's being pushed. Uh, But there is such a thing as sustainable and regenerative farming, and no one wants to talk about it, but there's probably just too many people on the planet for that to be sustainable long-term. So we should be looking at alternative solutions and things like that. But uh, red meat has a lot of benefits, especially in vitamin absorption. So maybe we'll do a full episode on that. But yeah, if you're if you're heart health conscious like I am, especially with uh, the genetics that I have and kind of the hereditary nature of things, then you definitely don't want to be eating red meat uh, on a daily basis or anything like that. So I try to stick to one to two times a week. But uh, when you're thinking of the Mediterranean diet, and you do want to consume some red meat, uh definitely be thinking of lamb and and goat and things of that nature. And I'm a big fan of lamb. You know, when I when I think of Mediterranean food, I think of uh primarily Greek, honestly for me. Uh even though uh my Italian heritage would probably disown me for that. Uh I'm not the biggest pasta fan in the world, although uh I, I may at one point share my favorite pasta recipe it's super simple it's like five ingredients uh and maybe I'll share that this week instead of my my oatmeal recipe that I'm going to share but or I'll share both uh who knows but uh you know when I think mediterranean I tend to kind of solely focus in on Greece uh even though that's not fair since there's all these other countries especially some probably more well-known countries like Spain and Italy Uh, But I think of your feta cheese, your kalamata olives, uh, your uh, orzo pasta or grain, however you tend to think of it. I think of your risottos, uh, your whole wheat pasta. I think of, uh, you know, all of the different fish, mussels especially. I think of paella when it comes to Spain. Uh, I think of uh, calamari, so squid. I, I think of all of these things that and especially olive oil, right? Uh, but I also think of some of the dairy and stuff too, like a feta cheese and obviously Parmigiano Reggiano in the Italian region, like hard cheeses and things like that. So what the, I would say the pros of this diet are very, uh, it's very open-ended. You can, it's very customizable, so you can easily fit it within your lifestyle and cater it to your taste buds. So I think that is beneficial. And then know the concept of just sticking to whole foods along with the other basic principles we've talked about with basal metabolic rate and determining the amount of calorie intake and the percentage breakdown of your macronutrition that you need to maximize your performance of your body can easily be done with the Mediterranean diet and I do like the flexibility that this one provides so I think if I had to do it like full term I mean I would argue that I kind of do eat a Mediterranean diet. I've mentioned in like my kitchen essentials for meal prepping, I almost eat tzatziki every day, which is a yogurt based sauce. It's easy way. And I like to make it myself. So it's easy way to inject more protein, uh, into my diet. And it's a great flavor addition to a sandwich even used as a salad dressing, uh, or just on top of some greens or mixed with some greens. Uh, it's just very versatile. You can put it on a sandwich, you can put it on a burger, you can do anything like that. So I'm a big fan of Mediterranean cuisine. Typically though, my Mediterranean cuisine, I'm I'm eating a lot of, uh, you know, rice, uh, feta cheese, olives. Uh, I, I love euros for those of you that don't know what that is. And my pita bread, which definitely pita bread, unless it's like a whole wheat or whole grain one would definitely be more of a processed uh bread if you will uh, with simple sugars and things like that so you wouldn't want to have too too much of that but uh yeah euros is like one of my go-to cheat meals I, i love the lamb and beef combination for those of you that don't know what it is it's basically uh roasted on a spit uh and it's a mixture of ground lamb and ground beef or just one or the other typically and has a lot of fat in it and then it's sliced very thinly, so it's crispy and moist and juicy, and then you put that in a pita bread with some tomatoes and red onion, typically, along with tzatziki sauce. I like to add feta cheese, and uh, I honestly, that would be in the running for a death row meal for me. I do love uh, Euros. so that would be like a street food in the Mediterranean. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned I'm not the biggest pasta fan and pasta can absolutely be incorporated into a healthy diet. Uh pasta's come a long way. It's convenient. It's relatively cheaper. You could do a lot of things with it. You could add a lot of vegetables to your pasta. So that would be a plus with this. And when from a meal prep perspective, pasta, just like rice uh, or potatoes even, are really easy to prep for the week and they reheat very well, whether you're uh, reheating it in a skillet or something like that with some water or you're kind of just steaming it back up or if you just pop it in the microwave and you don't have time. So again, I think that's one of the coolest things about the Mediterranean diet is the convenience of it and the uh, adjustability to your lifestyle and your program. So uh, the the benefits of it, uh, I can definitely see if you're eating whole foods and things like that. And if you like that regionality uh, cuisine, I highly recommend you go out and try it. There's a ton of resources available. I don't personally own a book on this one, but there's so much uh, out there on the internet about the Mediterranean diet as a whole. So I would highly encourage you to go check that out. If uh, And this would be a good balance. you know, We talked about keto last week where it's pretty much solely focused on uh, maximizing your fat intake when we talk about the Holy Trinity of macros. and Having that be your highest percentage while limiting carbs and protein. Well, you don't have to do that here. So you can, you know, find that perfect balance of your macros based on your goals, uh, and then just stick to these types of food groups. And uh, you don't need you know specialty grocery stores to eat this way either. So that's what's really nice and convenient about it. So uh, go out and try it if it seems right for you. And some of those benefits, uh, you know, heart health. Uh, If you're pre-diabetic, weight management, things of that nature, if you apply all those same principles along with sticking to the guidance of the Mediterranean diet, I'm sure you will find success in your life for whatever your performance or health goals uh, are that you're looking to achieve. So yeah, go out and give this one a try. And then we'll wrap up our series on uh, fad diets and eating lifestyles next week. And we'll talk about uh, kind of the the My plate rule, which is an evolution of the USDA food pyramid, and the eighty twenty lifestyle rule. And then we'll do a summary of all of those uh, fad diets and eating lifestyles for anyone who may not have wanted to listen to a specific episode. Uh, and if you do want to hear about those specific diets, go uh, onto Spotify wherever uh, you're listening to our podcast and uh, check them out. So, uh, you know, I mentioned. Uh, and for those of you that are new, I like to share a recipe or talk about some sort of foodie trend or cooking style. Uh, you know, we've talked about grilling, we've done uh, meal prepping, uh, we've talked about utilizing leftovers, uh, but, you know, I wanted to tie it to this eating lifestyle and kind of real time, I, I figured, hey, I you know, I'm Italian, my mother's maiden name is Domenicali, maybe I'll share a pasta recipe to the IG page this week, or maybe I'll share my oatmeal one or both. But lately, I've been really into uh, eating oats and oats for the most part. And even on keto, if that happens to be, uh, if it fits within your uh, your bank allotment of uh, grams of carbohydrates that you can eat in the day, oats are a very powerful, uh, useful uh, food and nutrient to incorporate into your diet. Again, uh, like the Mediterranean diet, very customizable. With oats. So, you know, you can make prepare them with water. You could prepare them on the stove. You could do slow cooker oats. You could do baked oats. Uh, you can do an overnight oatmeal jar like the recipe I shared in the second week, uh, in the second episode of the podcast. You could uh, do cook them in the microwave. You can mix it with any uh, milk that you so choose, uh, dairy or non-dairy milks. And uh, it's convenient, you can take it with you on the go. Uh, so oats are very versatile and you could bake with them too. They're in a lot of recipes, whether that's cobblers, uh, cookies, uh, things of that nature. Uh, or um, back in my days uh, at General Mills, you could make uh, oat bars, right? So crunchy oat bars uh, or in granola or something like that too, or trail mix. But Uh, One of the things I've been doing a lot lately, again, the benefits of oats, uh, high in fiber, they typically have protein, they're great for digestion, uh, and they tend to keep you full, which is one of the big benefits of them. And it's a really nice complex carbohydrate, uh, especially for those of you that might be bodybuilders or things like that. You'll obviously see oats heavily incorporated into their diets and things of that nature. Uh, But one of the things I like to i have like to uh, do lately is do a half cup of oats. I actually like this uh, maple. Uh, it's a maple oat mix. It's like a maple protein oat mix blend that has like some almonds and some flax seeds and some chia seeds. So some added uh, omega threes and some added health benefits there. Uh, and it's very low in sugar. I like to get it at Costco. I'll, I'll look up the exact brand and I'll share that on the IG page when I post the recipe. But Basically, a half cup of that is roughly 230 calories, uh, like 33 grams of carbs uh, and 11 grams of protein, which is awesome. So it has the added protein in the oats. And then I like to mix that. uh, The milk of choice I've been using uh, is uh, Fairlife actually sells nutrition shakes, and it is super macro friendly. So uh, it's highly uh, filtered milk, essentially, with some flavoring. So it's salted caramel. And there's 30 grams of protein in it, and there is only 4 grams of carbs, uh, very low in sugar, very awesome, super easy way to get some protein in with a low-calorie snack. So you can have those just by themselves, but I like to, you know, uh, basically maximize my caloric intake and my macros by using—so uh, they come in 11-ounce shakes, so I use 4 ounces of that with a half cup of oats— and then I add a scoop of uh, whatever whey protein powder that I have that would be good with that. So like if uh, if I had, if I only had chocolate protein powder on hand, I would get the chocolate fair life nutrition shake and then it would be like chocolate oats. Uh, but lately I've had, and we'll do an episode on protein powders, the different types and some of my favorites too, and maybe a comparison episode with some of those favorites, but uh, the one I've been really into late, lately is an iso or a, a whey protein isolate, if you will. So it's a Dymatize ISO 100 series, and it's the Fruity Pebble flavored, And that's only 110 calories and 25 grams of protein. So when we talk about adding that along with the oats and then drinking the Fairlife Shake, you're looking at uh, a sub 500 calorie um, meal where you're getting over 60 grams of protein uh, roughly, you know, 40 grams of carbohydrates. I'll do the exact macronutrient breakdown, but it keeps you really full. Uh, I do intermittent fasting. So that's typically like an afternoon snack for me or like a side dish with my first meal. Uh, but it's super versatile. Uh, so that's what I like to do lately. It's super simple, right? Uh, and if you didn't have Fairlife, you know, you could use whatever milk of your choice. You'll still get some added benefits of protein, but I like to add that scoop of protein and it's nothing new. You'll see recipes for meal all the time, uh, but you can, what I like about the, uh, this particular oat mix at Costco is you could eat it cold uh, or you can eat it uh, hot. So typically when you cook oatmeal, you have to steep the oats to break them down and soften them up. Uh, these actually taste really good where you're not like eating horse feed. (laughs) Like if you've ever undercooked your oats, you know what I'm talking about. Or if you prefer steel cut oats and you don't cook them long enough, same thing. Uh, But what I really like about these, you can just mix everything up and they're ready to go. So it's super simple on the go. And this would be very much so Mediterranean diet friendly. And it's a good example of how it would still hit the, the key guidelines of Mediterranean, but You would never associate that kind of meal with Mediterranean, but you could add some regional fruits of there or some more nuts on top of it, maybe some sliced almonds, which I've done before. Uh, If you want more carbohydrates or more calories to fill full, you could add, you know, like a half a banana with some sliced almonds uh, and there you'd be good to go and you don't need to add... Uh, even though you could, you could add like some honey or something like that for some extra sweetness. You really don't have to given, and that's why I like to use the fair life and the protein powder, because that provides a lot of that for you uh, when you have flavored proteins. So I'll post that recipe. Definitely try it out. It'll keep you full. For those of you that don't intermittent fast, it's a great breakfast. You could do that. Uh, everything I just said and use it, uh, the same philosophy with the overnight oat jar, Or you can heat it up and cook it in the microwave or on the stovetop or in a slow cooker for the week uh, and you're good to go. So go try that. But uh, yeah, as a bonus this week uh, to do some justice to my Italian heritage, not the biggest fan of pasta, but there is one pasta dish in particular that I could eat every day of my life. Probably shouldn't for given the cholesterol reasons and things like that when I talk about it, but it's a pasta carbonara and pasta carbonara is a super simple dish uh, like a cacio pepe too that's another super simple uh, pasta dish Uh, pasta carbonara is typically served with a spaghetti noodle i prefer linguine i'm not a big spaghetti noodle fan so i use linguine Uh, if i'm being lazy i'll use store-bought but uh, making pasta is actually super simple so for this recipe i'll put my pasta recipe it's literally just eggs and flour right in the right ratios uh and then uh you know but don't be afraid to use store-bought too uh, but i prefer linguine if you wanted to be real traditional you could do the spaghetti noodle but basically it's just uh pasta so your favorite type of pasta uh, it would call for uh porchetta porchetta Uh, which is really just Italian thick cut bacon. So I just typically use thick cut bacon when I can't find uh, that, uh, you know, um, so use, I just use bacon. That's what this recipe is going to call for thick cut bacon. So basically thick cut bacon, uh, pasta, your, and then your sauce for this is actually made with your pasta water, uh, eggs, and then a combination of Parmigiano-Reggiano, and uh, Pecorino-Romano cheese, and that's it. So uh, the hardest part about this is you basically, typically you render your bacon to where it's just about to crisp up. You want it to have a little bite to it, so a little chewiness. That's why you go with the thick-cut bacon. Uh, and then you, while you're doing that, you cook your pasta. If you're doing fresh pasta, you drop that at the last minute because it takes only two to three minutes to cook if you have the proper salted boiled water uh, which we could talk about why salting your pasta water is important not just to boil quicker but for flavor as well and the interaction with the starches of the pasta well we could talk about that why that's super important at some point but uh, basically you cook your pasta you reserve some pasta water and then in a bowl or a mixer or whatever you whisk your uh, eggs uh, and egg yolks and your uh, cheeses, your grated cheeses, because you want them to melt together. And then you add the pasta into the pan with the bacon uh, on a very low heat or no heat, depending on, uh, you know, how hot your pan still is. And then you add the egg mixture and you add some, quickly add some of the pasta water. So you want to temper your eggs or you're going to have scrambled egg pasta. And that's the trickiest part to this. Uh, So you just want to keep continuously stirring while you're doing that so that you don't have scrambled eggs pasta. Although I have screwed it up before and it doesn't taste bad, it's still pretty darn good. Uh, And so the, the pasta water that has all that rich starch in there will help temper the eggs as well, bring them up to temperature without cooking them, and it creates this really rich, smooth, and creamy sauce Uh, And the saltiness of the bacon and uh, the porchetta and the rich uh, cheese and uh, that distinct flavor and the saltiness of the cheese with the pasta is just immaculate. And it's super simple. Five, six ingredients, tops, right? So you know exactly what you're putting into your body. And it's it's one of my favorite dishes out there. So I encourage you to go try that. A lot of like your uh, chain, like Italian restaurants, like your... Olive Gardens and things like that. They don't really make a true carbonara. They even like have a tomato sauce sometimes I've seen. So don't fall for that crap. Uh, So go out and make your own and uh, those are the two recipes for you guys to try this week. I'll post them both uh, to the Instagram page Uh, and look forward to chatting next week. Remember stay hungry and never skip egg